Hey friends, welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kinsey Dazinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. I'm recording this episode before Evan and I spend the entire weekend with newly engaged couples at a premarital retreat that we get to be a part of and speak at. And as I was preparing for this episode, I was thinking this information would have been so helpful to have during our premarital counseling. And just how thankful I am that my training in healthy sexuality and mine and Evan's first few years of marriage coincided because it really made all the difference from the start. Last week, we walked through seven different things that might contribute to sexual inhibition. And I want to make sure I'm clear that as I talk about sexual inhibitors, I'm referring more to our psychological and physiological response to certain stimuli. So when we talked about scheduling or environment or pet peeves, we were talking less about the external factor itself and more about our psychological and physiological responses to those things. In the same way, as we talk about five sexual accelerators today, we're really talking about five different aspects of life and sexuality to take a look at to determine whether or not these could be areas of growth in terms of increasing our sexual excitation system, or the SES. So remember, the point of understanding these systems, both the SIS and the SES, is to identify sexual inhibitors in order to decrease them and decrease our resistance, while at the same time identifying sexual accelerators in order to increase those. So without further ado, here are five areas of sexual accelerators to consider. Number one, your energy level. Let's just start with the basics. It's no surprise to anyone that when you have more energy, you feel like doing more. And that, for women and men, includes having sex. If you can think about your own sexual encounters with your spouse, I'm sure you'll find that some of the best times occurred when both of you had or found the energy. When you felt physically, emotionally, and sexually alive, as opposed to mentally, emotionally, and physically exhausted. And like we talked about last week, time and energy can easily become excuses rather than elements of our lives that we invest in, work on, and schedule other things around. So think about your energy levels for a second. How are you? How tired are you? Are you getting enough sleep? If you have a newborn, don't answer that. How well do you feel digestively? How healthy and consistent is your diet? How active are you? And how does your body feel? Is sex actually difficult or uncomfortable due to some of your current lifestyle choices? I ask these questions not to send you into a shame spiral, but to make you aware of some basic things that you could change if you wanted to right now that would make a huge difference in your life. And not just physically, but mentally, sexually, and overall energy-wise too. So, just a little disclaimer. Whoever's voice it is in your head that's condemning and judging you right now, I want you to just tell that voice to calm down. Because that's not what this conversation is, and I don't want you allowing that voice of shame to convince you otherwise. What I want you to hear me say is that you have so much opportunity within yourself to improve your energy, and if that means changing a health habit or attitude, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to episodes 32 and 33 on changing those very things. Number two, your emotional connection. 
I want you to think of your emotional connection in terms of increasing your sexual energy as well. Do you remember when you were newly dating and the two of you could talk for hours and that led to a desire to connect in other ways? Well, that's the feeling we want to cultivate again in marriage. Now, I realize as work and kids and family obligations or church obligations take up more and more space that we won't have the time for hour-long conversations like we used to, right? And so it's not really realistic to try and get back to the way things once were. But if you remember our series on Gottman's Sound Marital House, friendship, fondness, admiration, and mutual respect for one another are essential both to a happy marriage and a healthy sex life. So I want you to think about those things when you think about connecting emotionally. Do you laugh together? Do you still snuggle up on the couch? Do you know how your spouse is feeling about things? About the kids? About their work? About their aging parents? Or about their own sense of self or self-care? Do you support each other on the hard days and celebrate each other on the good days? Do you feel like your friends or not? If the answer is no, investing in your friendship and stress-free time together that both of you enjoy could serve as a welcomed investment in your sex life, not to mention your overall health. The third sexual accelerator I want you to consider are your senses and your atmosphere. Last week, we talked about eliminating sexual inhibitors that have to do with our environment. But on the flip side of that, creating an intentional environment can serve as a primer for a great sexual experience, and in time, it can help you guys do so with more consistency. For example, I once had a woman tell me that she and her husband brought a candle to burn on their honeymoon, and that later, whenever they would burn it at home, it would prime them to connect again sexually and bring back memories and sensations of being together sexually on their honeymoon. So it's intentionality around things like that that can help get you both back into your body and back into being present with each other in the room. Thinking about all five senses, is there a candle or an oil scent that you enjoy? Are there certain textures or bedding that set the mood for both of you? Do you prefer silence, white noise, music? Are there certain ways you like to be touched that make you feel feminine, masculine, sexy? As far as taste goes, yes, we're going there. Think about breath and kissing. What does each of you want to taste or not taste to enjoy making out and making love? And visually speaking, do you prefer naked, almost naked, lights on, lights dimmed, or lights off? Really, I'd love for you to listen to this with your partner and pause it to answer these questions. Number four, your sexual turn-ons. So we just talked about turn-ons in terms of our senses and atmosphere, but during foreplay and arousal specifically, what best or most consistently turns you on? What puts you in the right heart space as well as head space? And then what would you like from your partner? One of the things that so few couples do intuitively is communicate about their sexual preferences, their likes and dislikes. They have a hard time getting specific about the ways they like to be touched or talked to or held or interacted with before and after. And I get it. I think a lot of times we're afraid to hurt our partner's feelings or to be vulnerable and risk experiencing dismissal or rejection. Many times we don't have the proper education or language, as we talked about in episode 39. 
But the biggest obstacle I see for many Christian women especially is being comfortable enough to go there ourselves, to pay attention to our bodies and the way they respond. But it's important that we do because our sex lives only get better if we find the courage to go there. So this could be a fun little Valentine's weekend experiment for the ladies. What if you were to tell your husband, hey, I've been listening to this podcast and I would really like to experiment this weekend with what sexually turns me on. What do you think? Do you think you could help me make that happen? Wouldn't you love to see his reaction? And the fifth sexual accelerator I want to mention is creativity with comfortability. You know, in the beginning of a marriage or relationship, everything is new and novel sexually, but not necessarily yet comfortable. But the longer you're married, the more those flip-flop. Naturally, your sex life becomes more comfortable as you get to know each other better emotionally and physically, but it's no longer necessarily new and novel. So it's important to keep your sex life active and enjoyable, but I want to be clear on what I mean by that. The way I'd like to frame this is in terms of creativity with comfortability. We were created to create, so I see no reason why we can't apply that to our sex lives just as we apply it to any other area of our lives. Our marriages need creativity to keep from becoming stagnant, and the gift of sex provides a fun way to do that. But the reason I say creativity with comfortability is to help us remember one of the goals or parameters of sex in Christian marriage which is to keep the marriage bed pure, to keep it just between the two of you, and to work toward oneness emotionally, physically, sexually, and spiritually, rather than toward dependence on novelty. Because in that case, it would mean that your sex life had become more of a means to a selfish end than a means of acting in the best interest of each other and your marriage. So that's all I'll say about that for now, but that may be another episode for another day. But with that caveat, with that in mind, how often do you all have fun in your sex life? How often do you spend time playing together in the bedroom or wherever? When was the last time you two got creative with sexual conversations, games, positions, techniques, places that brought mutual pleasure? And that, by the way, will be our topic of conversation for next week. All right, I hope this has given you plenty to think about and act on. Your action step for today is to decide which of these areas would be the easiest to improve and then get to work and get creative this week or this Valentine's Day weekend. And again, if you and your spouse can think through this or work toward this together, even better. My prayer for your marriage this week is one that some of you might be uncomfortable praying on your own, so I'm going to pray it for you. How's that? So God, I pray that you would connect couples to each other this week emotionally and sexually, that they would experience friendship, fun, laughter, and affection in ways they may not have in a while, and that you would work in them and in the spaces between them to make their sex lives more enjoyable, that they might begin to see your goodness there in all the ways that you created us to enjoy each other in marriage. All right, guys, if you enjoyed this episode or at the very least got a kick out of it, I hope you'll share it with a friend, a family member, and especially your spouse. I hope you all have a great Valentine's Day weekend, and I'll be back next week to talk about mutual pleasure in marriage. Stay tuned. Bye-bye.
Love is not a bomb. Love is just as fragile as it is.